Lauderdale is keeping it real on his brand new album, Game Changer. We caught up with Jim at his home in Nashville, where he'll be taking part in Americana Fest in September. So we talk about what to expect at the Americana Festival, how Nashville has changed over the years, and we go deep into Game Changer, Jim's 35th studio album. So with Game Changer, is there something that binds the 10 songs that make up this album together for you? Yes. Um, I started a few years ago with this song that was the first song on there called That Kind of Life, That Kind of Day. The steel, pedal steel and guitar uh, riff came to me. And then, you know, the the structure of the song. And, uh, um, and I went in the studio and happened to cut that one. Go! Then the next time I went back in, uh, the song that's song number two, Friends Again, and a few of the other songs, Our Happy Hours Almost Over, came out. And uh-huh. um, so I realized at that time, it's like, okay, with these songs, I want to do a, a very focused country record. And and of my, my take on country being... Right anything from the 50s through the early 70s i feel like i a, a buddy of mine the late chris gaffney right. used to say you know i don't listen to country music after 1975 right and uh which i mean listen of course there were a lot of great artists yeah, after yeah, yeah. 1975 but kind of the style had been cemented pretty much and then after that I think us country recording artists kind of would do so. Even the traditional country uh, guys and gals would do something in that vein. Mm-hmm. And and so like with this record, it's very heavy pedal steel, heavy Telecaster. There's mm-hmm. fiddle on a few things. Yep. The way the harmonies are. Uh, I used... Uh, Lily May and Frank Rishi on harmonies. Who, yeah. uh, I'm not sure if they've been to New Zealand. They've been to Australia a few times, but just great singers. And Lily May has put out. She's on Third albums. Man, right? Yes. And um, just a phenomenal artist. Right. And, uh, <clears throat> I'm actually doing a, a side project where I'm trying to co-write with Lily May and write other songs uh and to try to feature her brother frank too right. he's a great guitar player and do a, a kind of a trio type cool. project right, right. mostly acoustic with drums and so we were in the studio last week and going back in in september and we've done 11 songs but i want to do some more to try to get the best out of that batch gotcha. we don't have a name we don't have a band name yet but right so, so uh, thinking of Lily May and especially Third Man, um, 
I'm, I'm curious as to how the you know, like third man's presence in Nashville has, and I think the black keys have a similar mm-hmm. kind of thing going on there. Has that affected the music scene in the city? Has it changed the perception? I, I, I think so. Now Nashville for gosh, many years now, um, you know, in the seventies, uh, other, folks from other genres other than country moved here in the 80s, like John Prine moved, um, Nancy Griffith, Emmy Lou Harris. Well, Emmy Lou Harris was country, but people, uh, and, and then rockers started coming here. Gary Talent, who the bass player for Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band moved here 20 something years ago. And I used to do a lot at his studio he had. John Oates from Daryl Hall and John Oates is this is his primary residence now, but um, you know, different and different rock bands and different folks. This seems to be Nashville also seems to be the place where uh, folks, artists or musicians that had lived in New York city or Los Angeles have also started moving here. But I think, um uh dan and uh uh and jack white um i think they're it it definitely kind of uh lent it uh, a bunch of cachet to nashville's yeah. being an okay you know yep. and and not just country right so uh you know and and nashville's a good there's no place like it as far as the amount of great musicians and writers and studios that there are here i don't think people need to or have to move to nashville in order to do music it's it's just if you feel led to do that but um you know there's a a, you know for years people were moving to austin texas they still do Yep. You know, Texas has its own kind of vibe to it, which is yep. really cool and uh, a lot of history. But um, but yeah, and this this game changer record, the style of country is it's uh, it is very influenced by stuff like the Grand Ole Opry and mixed with Graham Parsons type. Yep. You know, Graham really at the records, those two solo records, he was really trying to make a Bakersfield, you know, meaning, you know, the Buck yep. Owens, Merle Haggard. Yep. He was trying to make that kind of record consciously. Um, James Burton that played on that had played with, had played, done tons of recording sessions and played most of the solos on the early Merle Haggard records uh-huh. they recorded in Los Angeles. But, um, but with Emmy Lou Harris and, and with, with James Burton, it, it morphed more into, you know, just Graham yeah. and his take on country music. You know, some of the songs were a little rockier, yeah, but um, well, but he was still, a bird for a t- short time, wasn't he? <laughs> ex- right. Yeah, and the Flying Burrito Brothers yeah, were kind go. of rocky, and and um, so anyway, he he was a big 
influence yeah. on me. And uh, uh, so, so yeah, so this, this game changer record has those uh, early country sensibilities to it. Uh, one track I wanted to touch on is called Wishbone, which I think is a co-write. Ah. And I just love the okay. opening line. I, I've got a wishbone where my backbone ought to be. Uh, well, is that how is that how you start writing? Do you come up with the first <clears throat> line and then off you go? I've got a wishbone where my backbone ought to be. It takes more than wishful thinking. To live your dream. Now with that, with Wishbone, I was in Australia the the trip before the one time I got to come to New Zealand. Right. And that was a few years ago opening up for Nick Lowe, who oh, I right. ha- hadn't I'd not toured with him since 1994. I think it was or 95. Right. And I've always been such a huge fan. And so that was really a thrill for me to come to New Zealand for the yep, first yep. time. And I, I hope the first of many. And <laughs> um, so I, I was in Australia and um, my manager lives in Australia most of the time. He's here some, but he, um, Jeremy Dillon, and, and I had met Adam Harvey uh at at uh several times at some country things in australia he's got a great real rich voice uh uh-huh. and great songwriter so we got together for a writing appointment and wrote a couple of songs and then we were going to wrap it up and he said you know i've got this title that's been hanging around for about 25 years i've been saving and I said, what is it? And he said, and it goes, well, the first line goes, I've got a wishbone where my backbone ought to be. And yeah. then I just, <laughs> then this melody started coming out and, and we just, you know, wrote it fairly quickly. Awesome. And, uh, and you know, the funny thing about that song is I've done it solo live a few times <clears throat> because I haven't been playing these things out with a full band. Right. And, it's it's funny with that song when I do it solo, people either kind of laugh nervously or something when that line comes out. Yep. For the first few choruses, or they're very silent. Yeah. You know, so I'll see. I think I'm gonna do it this Friday at the Grand Ole Opry. So I'll see, you know. And do you gauge an audience there. by their reaction to that? <laughs> Well, sometimes I think like when I'm doing it solo, um, I think, uh, and I kid around a lot, you know, yeah, and yeah. during my shows. So I think maybe they think it's a comedy song right, when right. I do it solo sometimes. So, but when you've got the band kicking it off and, yep. uh, you know, it's, and with a pedal steel guitar, it's a sadder. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So another co-write is we've all we we're all we've got with yes with Mary and Jamie Mary yeah with Mary Gaucher and Jamie Harris two of my favorite people and writers. We landed here like scattered seeds. 
with mighty hopes and mighty dreams came up from the same melting pot and while we're here we're all we've got we were in louisiana at a songwriting retreat several years ago where they uh, you know, I think there were 20 something songwriters and they'd pair you up or in these groups every day. And so on our last day, I asked the person organizing, I said, listen, I'd really like to write with Mary and Jamie. I've never written with them. So we got together and um, I was thinking about, uh, you know, this division going on in the U.S., which has quadrupled since we wrote this song. Yep. And just about, uh, you know, what a shame it is when you can sit and talk to somebody or a, a, a relative you haven't seen in a while or whatever and just be having a great time and then bring up some certain topics Yep. Political topics. And then all of a sudden it's just like, yep, yep, yep. You know, and just, you know, this animosity. And so that's, that song is for us is, you know, kind of a thing of like, gosh, you know, please folks, let's, yep. you know, let's, let's agree to disagree in a, you know, more civil way. Right, right, right. So is Nashville a very political town? It's right in the middle of the country. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's it's split. It's actually Nashville and Memphis are kind of two of the split kind of liberal places, as com as opposed to a more conservative rest of the state. Right. You know, so it's uh, which which that's the way it tends to be in most cities, not all of them, but but, you know, anywhere in the U.S., most of the cities are, you know, kind of have half and half. Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, when when we take uh, our trip to Nashville and especially the Americana Fest, what do you what do you, what can we expect? Because I know you're going to be part of it. <laughs> yes and it's uh what at what day are you arriving uh right on monday i think okay Thir Perfect. the 13th is it yeah things will start that night there'll be some events i guess it kind of kicks off the next day with you know down at this hotel there are, are like conference rooms where they'll be having panels and things like that during the day yep. throughout the week um and then now, Tuesday night, they will have a few different places. We'll have some shows, kind of unofficial yeah. shows. Wednesday, there's the award show. Right. And then after the award show, we'll start, they'll start having the showcases where bands in, gosh, I'm not sure how many. I'm not sure if it's like 200 bands will be playing, something like that. Yep. Yep. Throughout the week. And, and I'm not sure the amount of clubs, but throughout the city, yep. there'll be these uh, showcases going on. Like, say, for instance, I'm playing Friday night at a place called the Exit Inn. So I'll 
I'll go on early, like at seven to seven right. forty. A band, so from seven till minute. So I guess five different bands or or solo artists, whatever, will play that night from right. seven to midnight, and then there'll be shows late yep. night too. But it will be jam packed. It'll be more music than you've ever a variety of music than you've <laughs> ever seen. Uh, it's a, it's good. You know, there was a. I used to go to Austin in the early back in the eighties when I was trying to get a record deal. There's a, a thing called South by Southwest. Oh yes, yeah. It it started out as being a a weekend. Yeah, because I think I for, went to like the third one in like 1990, and it was still tiny. Yeah, they were small, and they were for people trying to get a record deal. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't have any signed artists and then through the years it grew and grew to where it's huge and you'll have you know somebody some you know one of the uh, several of the biggest acts in yep, the yep, yep, yep. u.s or the world or whatever yep. come and play so it kind of it it kind of got away from the original thing but not that's not to say that it's still not a good Yep. thing but it's just i th i think that this americana uh conference will always be a more manageable thing and um but it's really e even though sadly the amount of artists that want to come and play they don't have the space for right <laughs> so i think that's one of the you know right. few complaints about it. it's like hey we can't get in to play right 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 but it's just because there's hundred, you know, yeah, there so are hundreds want to. the list, yeah. <laughs> but it's it's good. I really, um, you know, Americana uh, when it started, however many years ago, with kind of the that moniker, um, it it was a. I, I remember immediately thinking at the time because it started off as a radio chart, meaning yep. in one of the trade musical trade magazines. Um, they would have a way to tabulate. It's like, well, we're going to call this, yep. if this station will come on board, you know, we'll call them and find out how many times they played this record. And I remember playing at a, uh, one of the first conventions they had, it was just a, a couple of hundred radio people and other music biz people. It was in new Orleans and Joe Ely, was on the show and I was on on that and I was thinking this is this is giving a radio format to people like Joe Ely and Amy yep. Lou Harris who wasn't yep. getting the radio play people like Johnny Cash yep. Guy Clark um you know you name it you know yep. these yep. awesome writers who couldn't John Prine he'd be John Prine you know who, who <laughs> couldn't fit on yeah rock radio or mainstream country radio yep 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 and so it was really it's really been a, a good thing and yeah, it has yeah. just grown it's yep. it's i never thought it would get this cool. as popular as it's gone so it's really been good